Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, trying to get some insight on our sport and our skydiving and all the crazy people that uh, that do this shit with us. So uh, tell me, without wasting any time, who the fuck are you and what do you do? Well, I am Hannah Parker. Hannah Parker. That is me. Yeah. Uh, currently uh, instructor, throw drugs, film some tandems, do some skydiving. Nice, <laughs> nice. Now, um, this is not the stereotypical lifestyle for for a lot of people um i'm assuming it's not the stereotypical lifestyle for any of your friends or family or you do you come from a skydiving family absolutely not far from um my family are well i'm from england to start with so the quintessential british family i Mm. guess i have uh i'm from kent so down south just outside of london okay um, my dad had a very interesting career, actually. He was he uh, made the first disposable contact lenses. He made the first disposable contact lenses? Fun fact number one. Here we wow. go. We're starting off on a high. Okay. So, yeah, very uh, very intelligent man. My mom as well was uh, a chemist as well. They had a business together. And, uh, yeah, he uh, sort of semi-retired now. I feel like he's never going to retire, one okay. of those people. But, yeah, he was originally... Chemist, scientist. Wow. So you're fighting being a huge disappointment. Yeah, right now, for <laughs> sure. Well, originally not, actually. I was the, the first one in the family to, uh, well, I was pursuing a career in science and become a doctor. To, really? Uh, yeah, to then disappoint them massively so, so, when I was like, ah, I'm going to go skydive. That's Sorry. a bit of a fucking 180 right there. Holy <laughs> Just shit. Just a bit. No. All right, so... <laughs> so was was skydiving the first extreme thing you ever got into? I mean, were you one of these kids that was jumping off the roof and doing stupid shit like that, or you just got a wild hair? Uh, I think I got a wild hair. I was I was not a crazy... I was not really into sport. I wasn't bad at it, but I wasn't, you know, really athletic or mm. anything. I was a bit of a geek. I was into music, science, and... Okay. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I was particularly cool, so... To uh, to find skydiving when I was 23 of all ages was uh, was definitely a 180. You're right. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So by the time you're 23 years old, you're already relatively well established on the path you're going down. Yeah. So you said science and being a doctor, specifically medical sciences or other branches of science. Well, I always wanted to be actually study medicine and do be become a doctor as in a practicing doctor. Okay. And I actually didn't get into med school. Found it difficult. I was uh, I didn't get the grades initially, and then studied and and I kind of found research as a secondary career at that point and I, I was pretty good at it and I got a really awesome scholarship to to study to be a doctor and then halfway through my PhD I was, I was actually working on a, a again an awesome project in the University of Nottingham uh, working on genetics and human stem cells. Holy shit. So yeah it was uh it's pretty cool I was I was very lucky part of a really good project and then one of my friends decided to uh, that he wanted to go skydiving, okay. and this guy, like a, a cool guy, I guess you could say cool, but he he pretty much did nothing but his PhD and go home and play computer games and probably, eh, you know, sure, <laughs> toss now and then, sure, toss it yeah, out, yeah, 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 you know. And I was like, okay, this guy needs to do something with his life, and apparently it's skydiving. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. y- you know as well as I do, skydiving draws from every single walk of life. One of the coolest things about having done this podcast is people that I called friends and have called friends for quite some time, but you still never do a deep dive on who they are or their background or anything right. like that. And then I get in this situation where I'm asking people very you know, deep questions on where they've come from and what they've done, and I am 
always fucking surprised. Yeah, right? Always. Because the ones that you think would absolutely have just been off the wall their entire lives, you're like, but what? You like had a normal childhood and mm. you were well-adjusted and, and Super holy well adjusted. shit. That's, <laughs> how cool is that though? And right? I'm sure you see the same thing. I'm Well, so when did you make your first jump? How long have you been in the sport? So seven years, pretty much to the day I got my A license, around about now, maybe... March, I think. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, about seven years since I've been really going for it. And okay. I, like I said, like it was never. It, I kind of went for my friend initially. It was right. never something I was like, I've got to go skydive right. ever. Right. And then I, I did it, and I just kept doing it, and suddenly I was like, oh shit, this is this is all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man, now, this is really cool. <laughs> so when you landed from the first jump, was mm. it automatically, a, oh fuck, I've got to do that again? Yeah. Or was it, that was really fun, that would be nice to do some other time? Uh, no, I was I was like, yeah, shit, i got to go do that again. Now, what was your friend's reaction? Uh, well, again, he wanted to do it. But now, sadly, I think he's only got like 100 jumps and retired and, uh, and has like a good career in science. And here I am. <laughs> Still hooked, so. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's all about what works for you. Cause I mean, chances are he's having an amazing time doing his research stuff and got his PhD and fantastic. Oh, and skydiving was a fun little sideline, but it doesn't sound to me like if you're, if you got that into skydiving that quick, that the path you were on doesn't sound like it was the right path. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, I, I felt like I was always following the path that was right for me. Hey, yeah. you're good at this. Yeah. Hey, you're doing this. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. And then suddenly something happened in my life that I maybe wasn't good at, but I wanted to do. Sure. And I loved it. And I sure. would have done. And like, okay, the weather was nice outside. Sorry, boss, if you ever listen to this. But uh, I was in the middle of sciencing somewhere and I'm looking outside in Nottingham and there's blue skies and it's sunny. And I'm like, all right, how quick can I get this experiment done so I can drive to the drop site sure. and get yeah, a couple yeah. of jumps yeah. in, you know? Absolutely. Well, again, I, I can't count how many guests that I've had that have told me they they actually didn't change paths as quickly as you did. They were on the road. They had the job. They had the career. Uh, and then realized, I'm really fucking unhappy. I'm mm. miserable. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And if this is the rest of my life, just fucking kill me now. Right. Uh, and they all kind of shifted gears. It's some of the best in the world did that mm -hmm. um so i mean really if if you're not happy what's the why why do it right that's you know? the thing i think i was very lucky that i i mean i finished my phd so you will always call me dr parker from now on Thank you. see i'm yeah. always fucking blown away yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> i know you as being very bubbly and a little goofy and and uh -huh. always ha having fun whether it's at work or, or outside of work you're just very jovial and i would never put phd not to you know say anything bad about anybody with a PhD, but you're not necessarily known for having the most out of control personalities. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're fine. It takes a lot to get a PhD, and that generally doesn't mean a lot of partying and enjoying and stuff. So no, and I didn't. I like a very very different person for wow. sure. But but like I wouldn't say unhappy, but just on a different path. And I was I was definitely found myself when sure. I started skydiving. Sure. Like, now, awesome. so you started right away, you're, you say you're trying to balance, well, you're working towards your PhD and jumping and, mm -hmm. and kind of fucking off <laughs> the study a little bit so that you can go jump. Yeah. What's the family think of all of this at the time? I yeah. mean, they couldn't have been happy. And I mean, they're stoked. They've got this daughter that's, you know, I'm going to go get my doctorate. Don't right. Worry. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and I'm doing okay. I'm going to pass. Everything's going well. They know I've started skydiving and they've been supportive. And then suddenly... The 
the time comes for me to get a job and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put my all my belongings in my car and I'm going to drive to Portugal. Awesome. And, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, well, you got, a, you got a job there? I'm like, no, nah, I don't. I'm going to go with my friend and we're going to go skydive. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you, so you didn't try and paint it as an after-study sabbatical? you just like, I'm fucking off to Portugal. Uh, I was like, I just need some time. I did try and paint it, but after a while, I think they realized that... It was more than that when I was, I don't want to do this anymore. This is what I want to do. I'm going to see what happens. That's so awesome. (laughs) Well, and I love these stories when they come out of places like Europe, because you guys just piss off to these amazing countries all over Mm -hmm. the place. And Hey, not anymore, right? Yeah, it's definitely changing. It's definitely changing. Well, so you you go to Portugal with what? How many jumps and what aspirations? What did you want to do? Yeah, so I had three, four hundred jumps. Okay. Not so many. All right. I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. And I was, I just wanted to skydive. I right. actually worked in a bar for a, uh, some time. I earned 30 euros a night. Ooh. Yeah, for a Ooh. very, very long night of yeah. work. For the <laughs> Americans that don't know euros, that's not a lot of It's money. not a lot. No, it's not. And uh, But I, I just wanted a bit of a break and I wanted just to find what I enjoyed and loved. And then um, actually I was very lucky to go on a three-month trip with two of my awesome friends Alki and Elise girls and we did a three three girls in a caravan all across the US oh wow for three four months wow yeah and skydiving so we're all skydivers as well so we just rock up at the drop zones and go for some skydives you guys must have been so much fucking trouble you've got no idea oh I do have a really good idea you guys have uh... I got, I got a couple, I got a couple of stories, of course. You guys are the ones that all the fucking jump staff are thrilled to see, and the DZO is like, "Fuck me, that's gonna be a problem." <laughs> well, we got mistaken for tandem students a bunch. I'm sure you can imagine. Oh, you had to play that up. Yeah. Tell me you played that. Oh up. God, got a good one. So we're at Spaceland Houston. I'm, I'm sorry to who this person is. I, I won't name them. Just name them. Come on. I don't know if I can. I'll tell the story first. Right. So, and, and this guy comes. Up to us and he's like hey uh so if you want to jump with me just uh go to manifest my name is francisco sorry francisco and uh just request me and we're like all right cool thinking come on like all right and so we go to manifest and we kind of tell them they find it funny and of course they're like okay so we're gonna take him off his next tandem put him on a fun jump with you awesome because you requested him awesome so he we go back and we're like yeah and suddenly he sees we've got gear and stuff and he's like oh i didn't realize you were skydiving sorry and we're like no it's cool bro you're gonna come jump with us (laughs) (laughs) and he was like fair enough fair enough (laughs) that's brilliant no that's good though because uh i think myself included every fucking guy i know that's thrown drogues has pulled that Oh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, though. Yeah. It's part of yeah. it. <laughs> oh, abs- absolutely. Well, the funniest thing was the first time I saw a female tandem instructor pull that. Oh, I don't think I ever have. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But got to give it a try just to say I, you I have. I think I should. I think I should. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. So well, what prompted uh, uh, ending up in the U.S.? Yeah, so it would just happen to be the three of us in kind of a similar place in life, like wanting to take a big break. And <laughs> Taking a rest from your PhDs. Exactly. From And actually my friend, like uh, one of them, she's a very successful business consultant mm-hmm. working for some of the biggest companies. And the other one is a very successful dentist, you know, so, you know, three, three chicks with good careers right. that just want to go skydive. Oh, That's man. what it was. Yep, and it was, yep. uh, honestly, it was the trip of a lifetime that dream trip i, I did it sure. and i'm stoked 
Um, but but by the end of it, I was suddenly very aware that I didn't have a job <laughs> <laughs> to go back to, unlike yeah. my dentist and business consultant friends. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I actually got my tandem rating because I thought, here we go, last chunk of money. Let's put it into it. Right. On the 31st of December of oh, that wow. year, my gap year. So okay. I arrived in Portugal on the 1st of January or like the just before. And then sure. after doing some trying to work out what I wanted to do, I was like, all right, tandems it is. Wow, <laughs> wow. So, yeah. I mean, I ended up getting pushed into to doing tandems and didn't want to, but I was at a very successful drop zone where I was making too much money as a cameraman. Okay, uh, so it was that sounds a, terrible. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it was very much a, the drop zone was like, you know, something. Fuck you. You're having way too much fun and making way too much money. You need to strap some fat, sweaty guys to you. Yeah, I get it. So that's how I ended up getting mine. But you went to to get work. So you you went tandems first, not shooting video. Uh, actually, yeah, I didn't do video before. I honestly thought, okay, how do I get a job? I need some ratings. Sure. And what do I do? Get my tandem rating. And I was in Deland. It's where I got my rating with uh, Trevor Cedar, who okay. was epic. And I also did it with Elise, who was also, she was in two minds about what she was doing with her career. And so we both did it. We took each other on a bunch of tandems and it was in a big event. I took uh, Christian Moxner's on a tandem. Cool. A bunch of famous <laughs> famous right. athletes on sure. tandems sure. on my course and, sure. uh, and a lot of my friends. And it was, it was really cool and I didn't know what would happen. And I, I went back to the UK and I put my CV to any drop zone that would take me. Right. That wasn't BPA, like not in the UK because I had only a UPT rating. Right. And I got a job in Spain. And uh, yeah, that gave me my my first step in the in the door. In the door, okay. Shall we say? Now, when you decided you were gonna uh, go out and get your tandem rating and start chucking drugs, did you find mm. did you get any pushback? Did you have anybody saying, "What the fuck do you want to do this for?" Because how many years ago was this? This was oh, four years ago. So actually, yeah, I I'll almost take that back because four years ago, I think things were getting really progressive. You know, back when I got mm. my tandem rating, there were very few women that were doing mm. tandems. Now yeah. it's, uh, I don't even think twice about it. Yeah, for sure. But it's still 4%. <laughs> yes, it's ex still extremely small. Extremely I've been small. lucky enough to work at drop zones that go out of their way to try and hire female tandem instructors. Yeah, and that is one thing I find awesome. That yeah. is, there is that positive discrimination there that they do want sure. females, which is awesome. That's Absolutely. how things progress, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, no, for sure. My first job uh, in Spain, I walked in after, I mean, I, I had no experience. I'm not saying I was good. I wasn't. I was new. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I saw some of the guys there, like the older Spanish dudes, watching videos of me doing tandems. And I walked in and I was like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we've never seen a girl do a tandem. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> This is 2014. No, it was later than that. What, what year are we in now? This is 2017. Girls right. do tandems. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, like it's a thing now. <laughs> oh, how funny is that? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the only reason that it, it, it ever caught me off guard when I was seeing women doing tandems at first was because I'd just never seen it before. I never, yeah. I had never thought you, a woman shouldn't do a tandem. My response wasn't, you shouldn't do that. It's why the fuck would you want to? Want to. Yeah, I, I still struggle with that. I'm not going to lie. No. That literally, <laughs> because the, the passengers that I've taken in my career... You know, in 8,000 tandems, I'd say the majority of them are, are my size or slightly smaller or a little bit bigger. Some of them are fucking huge. Mm. So for me, a huge passenger is enormous. But 
a, a woman that's your size takes a tandem student that I would consider normal or maybe a little bit bigger, and they're huge to you. Mm, so, that's the thing. You, but you get used to that. Like I would say, on a normal day, more than half your right. students are always going to be bigger than you. Sure. And like, bear in mind all the people I work with. Most of the time, it's the other way around, right? Right. right. So, but yeah, I think I think the thing is, it's it's not easy for sure. No, I'm not saying. No, fuck no. That's heavy lifting, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> well, n- now, do you find, because uh, obviously, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know if it's more men or women come out to do tandems. I'm, I'm going to guess more men, um, although it's probably pretty close these days. Uh, but do you find you have negative reactions from guys sometimes when you're assigned for a male student? Oh, yeah. So Really? I mean, I've had, actually, you'd be surprised. So I think I've had four refusals in... <sighs> Over 1,600 tandems I think I've got now. So uh, two of them were girls. Really? Because yeah. they didn't want to go with a girl? Because they wanted a big, strong man. Big, strong, handsome man, you know? All right. <laughs> so so it's part of it. I can under, actually, I can understand a woman refusing to go with another woman because she's got it in her head. She wants to be strapped to some big guy, big guy. that's right. going to snatch her back from the jaws mm. of death. So I guess I can understand that more than I can understand a guy refusing mm. because it's a woman. So then I've had a guy say, I'm really sorry. I'm sure you're awesome, but my wife's going to kill me. If I'm strapped to a girl. So I'm like, ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And then I've had a guy that just didn't want to jump with a woman. Didn't tell me why. And he goes to me, and I remember well, and maybe I was a bit of a dick, but he's like, no offense, but (laughs) I don't want to jump with a girl. And I'm like, cool, I'm offended. (laughs) Like, you you say no offense, but also you're basically saying I can't do my job. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I can understand other reasons that you... Just want to jump with a dude because sure. you're not comfortable with a girl. Your wife's going to get upset or whatever. Like, cool. We've all got our own things. Yeah. To be honest, if someone doesn't want to jump with me, I definitely don't want to jump with no, you. No, of course not. You know, Absolutely I, not. Absolutely And not. everyone's entitled to that. You're yes. paying whatever to go to your skydive. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that reason and to say no offense, it's just because you're a girl sure. is offensive. Yeah, like, I mean, that kind of, that kind of, actually, I told you, we, we talked about it before the interview started, um, that I, uh, it's a sexist thing to ask, mm-hmm. but it's asking about the sexist side of the sport. Yeah. Because uh, some listeners will say, well, you don't ask the guys what they think about all this sexist shit. <laughs> it's because they don't have to deal with it. Well, no? and <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. It's that men don't have to deal with it, A, and B, chances are it's something that they just don't think about on most, most Mostly a daily basis, men don't think about the Me Too situation unless they're one of the assholes that everybody's going after. Exactly. So it generally just doesn't cross our minds. Right. You know, so um, I ask women about their their thoughts of being a, a woman in a, a male-dominated sport, mm. and especially the whole Me Too thing, specifically because chances are you guys have come across it when a lot of us guys haven't. Yeah. And and actually, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I work with a bunch of badass chicks. Sure. Like, I, I seen it, I see the other day. That, you know, oh, just, uh, no, I don't want to jump with you. Oh, well, tough luck. Here you go. Get in the harness. We're going. You know, like, sometimes awesome. you have to just yeah. get on with it, you know? Absolutely. And and sometimes, and I've had a lot of, I've taken a lot of people from Saudi or, you know, Muslim men. Sure. That have been like, I'm super surprised almost. Sure. And that's, that's also just as enlightening for me as taking a Muslim woman right. who is empowered by their jump. Sure. To take a Muslim man that's also like, oh, this is empowering for me, 
it's cool. Yeah. Like it's if any if I can do anything to change anyone's opinion and create some more gender equality, then I'll do it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and again, I, I I've actually had the opportunity to talk to uh, quite a few really badass women in the sport. Mm. Uh, one of my most recent conversations was with stuntwoman Hannah Betts. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, who is just an all around badass, and of course she's from your neck of the woods, and uh-huh. and uh, um. We talked briefly about the whole Me Too thing and all that, and and uh, she basically said the same thing, you mm. know. Um, and uh, I've had my faux pas and definitely said the wrong thing at the wrong time or <laughs> yeah. thought the wrong thing, and and her response was something along the lines of, "Yeah, you fucked up, but you admitted it, so it's all good." Exactly. Like, all you right, know. cool. <laughs> you no, know. it's okay. Everyone, yeah. everyone does it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, in in uh, um, let's face it, Scott Evers are not uh, prone to being the most sensitive people well that's the thing like you do for sure have thick skin but if i can say some blah, 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 the drop zone and right be loud and mouthy then you take it back as well sure you know, it's, well, it's, it's, it's that's you know. kind of the uh, at least what i always thought was kind of the unwritten law or rule in skydiving is we all go over the top we're all alpha personalities we exactly. all get wildly inappropriate at times <laughs> yep but it's it's never at least mostly never met with malice you know i've no. i've never barked or yelled at someone and thought i fucking hate you it's stop being an idiot friend yeah <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. supposed to all be in there at the same time, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's ever with malice, and I don't. Uh, I know that there are exceptions to every rule. There's certainly exceptions to guys being complete bastards and in, yeah. in, in skydiving as well but as they're always going to be there. You know? Of course, like, yes. Okay, you of deal course. with it. Of course. But the wonderful thing about skydiving is that this is a sport that we can be equal. Yes. I I mean I'm not saying I mean maybe tandems just like put that aside, but as a sport in general. Mm. The girls can free fly like the boys. Sometimes dramatically better. Exactly. Yeah. And the same even with swooping, everything. Like there is there is no reason why we should be separated. No. No, no, absolutely. We are the not. same, man. And we can I've I I mean, yeah, like you said, I've seen girls kick boys' ass, I've seen yeah. boys kick girls' ass. It doesn't matter, you know. Last time I checked how much you can bench press doesn't play anything into skydiving. Exactly. It right? doesn't matter. And and to be honest, and I've I've said it before, um, guys when I was uh, doing a lot of AFF always made the worst students because they thought they could muscle the air. It was women <laughs> that figured out you had to finesse this shit. Well, yeah, and there's that's the same thing with talented students actually. One thing with guys is like I always say about being honest with your emotions. Mm. We've recently started taking uh, younger people on tandems. So one thing that's really enlightening is that they're very honest with their emotions. Sure. I'm scared, but I'm excited. Yes. Guys, no, 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 mate. I got this. I'm well cool. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not scared at all. And then the door opens and you've got to fight this terrified monster suddenly. Oh, yeah. Girls will be... Like, this is a generalization and a stereotype for sure, but girls will be, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And then when the time comes... Maybe not so bad. Well, you know, the thing that I've always noticed uh, with women that are like that, that I'm so scared, I'm so scared, I'm so scared, they're saying that while they're walking to the door. Mm. So they're still heading in the right direction. They're still doing it. Absolutely. Right? And I've had them say, oh, I don't think I can do this, I don't think I can do this, as they're getting in position to get out the fucking door. But they're still doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> men, unfortunately, at least men of my generation for sure, maybe not so much the later generations, but we were raised that you don't show fear, you don't show emotion. I think it's, that's the problem, right? Absolutely it is because we're 
we're programmed for so long not to show fear and you shouldn't feel fear. You shouldn't be scared in this situation that as a guy, when you are face to face with real, honest to goodness, fuck me, fear, <laughs> yeah. they melt down. They have no idea how I to handle it. I see it all the time. Of course. It's, it's fascinating, actually. It's, and, this yeah. is, this, especially being a tandem instructor, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, or being video for tandem instructors is the ultimate lesson in true psychology. <laughs> you learn to read people and... I'm sure you're getting there too. I can tell you what type of person this is going to be almost from the time the harness starts going on. Exactly. You really learn to read those cues and especially the big, tough, badass guys are the easiest ones to read. Like, oh, this guy's going to fold like fucking Oregon. Right. Yeah, the one, the best ones are, yeah, I've done two skydives before and I'm, I'm super chill. I know what to, I know what to do. Don't, <laughs> don't give me instructions. I'm going to just, you know, put my knees on my forehead when I exit. Yeah, I'm just going to melt down. (laughs) I'm just going to have a moment. (laughs) Well, and I guess I get to look back at my own uh, start of my career because for me, I did the uh, AFP progression. So you did a few tandems that were working tandems where you're actually doing the turns, pulling the ripcords, and then you go to Mm. to, uh, the AFF. But uh, my second jump was dramatically scarier than my first. Mm -hmm. My first one was scary. I shit my pants (laughs) on jump number two. So when I would get students like that that would do the AFP or the tandem students that, yeah, I did a jump before, so this is no big deal. And they're trying to be all, you know, bravado yeah, for their yeah, friends. Yeah. The macho. And you're like, this is good. This is the one that's going to shit his pants. And mm. it's almost always dead on. Yeah. It's predictable for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. If they say they know, if they say they don't care, I'm actually really chill. Oh, when yeah. it comes to it, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but those are the funnest ones. I really like trying to read them and then you have to you have to do your little mental ninja shit to figure mm-hmm. out how am I going to calm this person down enough to do what I really need them to do. Yeah. Cuz we both know tandem students can pretty much not do anything they're supposed to and we just got to work a little bit harder. That's our job. Yeah. We're we're there to make sure you're taken care of, but there's a few things you absolutely don't want them to do, which 9 times out of 10 is the shit that they're trying to do. Exactly. Grabbing the bar and hanging on to every guy. The, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are really a mess, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's it's really kind of fun having to play that game of how do I fix this guy's issues? Mm. I always <laughs> say, like, one of my things is I'm like, hey, listen, if you want to fight me, you're going to win. Yeah. All right? Look at you. Look at me. You're going to win. Don't fight me. Trust me. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I got this, but you gotta you got to let me do it. You, I, know? You, like, you actually stole my line. That was my favorite line. Oh, really? I would go with the bigger guys. Um, one sticks out in particular. I took a guy uh, that was a member of the U.S. Olympic rowing team, and I was jumping in uh, uh, Fangre in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And this guy was, I want to say, seven foot Two. Wow. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I look like a it's fucking It's like most hobbit. of my students for me, Dean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look Five like a... Four here. Exactly. <laughs> I look like a hobbit tucked under this guy's arm. <laughs> and we were getting out of a 182. Oh, oh damn. Oh, yeah. So it was brutal. And so I told him... his legs were hanging out. Huh? Oh, it was <laughs> such a fucking mess. <laughs> and I flat out told him, I'm like, look, if you and I get in a fight up there, there's a good chance you're going to win and yeah. you do not want to win this fucking nah, fight. This is my fight. Let me have it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great line, especially mm-hmm. for guys. They kind of uh, will click and understand that oh okay okay yeah. i get it i get it yes i don't i don't want to try and fix this because mm. i'm just gonna make it worse as much as it might pain you the control is in me right now yeah. so you gotta trust me yeah. and don't fight me <laughs> so you started chucking drugs early in your career then yeah i think i had uh i'm not sure whether i got the i've been three years yeah four years three and a half i think um and honestly it was something i never wanted to do right. i never planned right didn't but I um yeah I'm very stoked I did it I'm 
I do really get a lot of enjoyment out of tandems, a lot actually. But yeah, yeah. There is, there are also times like there are. The way I describe it is, there are some jumps I would do for free. Mm. I would maybe even pay for them. <laughs> no, right, not that far. Right. But you know, like with certain people or certain things. Sure. Ah, really enjoyable. And then there are others where I'm like, you could not give me a thousand dollars to do that jump again. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like that's the th- that's the way tandems go. I think sometimes they are wonderful and yeah. rewarding and oh, yeah. rem- like memorable, but sometimes they really suck. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so for, you know, uh, for as as amazing a time I had as a tandem instructor, and I fought it tooth and nail. I fucking did not want to be a tandem instructor, mm. um, but ended up. If you were to ask me now what my all-time favorite way to skydive is, it's tandem. Um, mm, because really? of Oh, yeah. Because of Crazy. the rewards that I got out of it. <laughs> I had such amazing experiences mm. because of the students. The jumps mm. themselves, if you're just breaking down skydiving for skydiving, then, of course, tandems are not the best way to jump. Yeah. Um, you know, getting out and doing the fun free fly with your friends, that's the way to go for mm-hmm. me. Uh, but th- the overall reward of... Per jump at tandems. I, I've had such memorable experiences, yeah. you know, both negative and positive. Because I look back at the tandems that almost managed to fucking kill me and <laughs> yeah. just as memorable and ultimately rewarding as the ones that went perfectly because I learned huge lessons. It's very, very true. Yeah, yeah huge you're lessons. Right. Now, what other what other side of skydiving? I mean, what, what initially was really grabbing you? Um... Honestly, at the time, I, just, I think I just loved the feeling of flying mm. and I loved, I loved it. Like it was, it was a release for me for sure. It was the first time I really felt like, oh, this is pure enjoyment and jumping with your friends is something you, you know, unless you've done it, you can't experience it. And I was uh, so happy I'd found it. But like, honestly, for me, skydiving is, it is definitely changed my life just because of the community side of it sure i know everyone says that but it's it is true for me like i finally found the people that <laughs> will actually like me no right. <laughs> no, no, no that's, like you know what i mean like they get they get me that's a very apt way to put it because i've yeah. got a lot of friends from before skydiving that we were friends but they just didn't quite get me yeah and in skydiving i am never the weirdest one in the room exactly maybe that's it it's a bunch of weirdos that have like all found each other and we're all as weird as each other so it's cool oh yeah yeah no there there is no too weird for skydiving yeah it really perfect. isn't there's a lot of batshit crazy jumpers that you yeah. just love you might not want to go out in public with them. <laughs> but you'll go to a skydive with them. Absolutely. No worries. But, you, but they're, they're the ones you're going straight to at the big boogies. Oh, exactly. So, now, when you did this big three-month uh, three uh, binge around yes. the U.S., what are the big memories from there? Oh, I mean, you must God. have... Because if you did three months, you must have hit some boogies and some yeah. proper drop zones. Okay, so the biggest the biggest thing for me was I got my my first and only world record. Oh, Here we tell go. me. Tell me. So, um, I was... I think... Okay, so... My, me and my friend Elise, we were, we've been kind of training, I guess, but not really. And in all honesty, the biggest head down formation I had done right. uh, that I had like successfully docked on was probably a 10 or a 12 way. And then we did this camp and oh, it just, it just wasn't going so well. Okay. I think we quit the camp. I can't remember. We were both crying at some point. And even if <laughs> even if I'm emotional, she's like a military badass chick. So, mm. But I remember us both crying like, we can't do this. This is terrible. <laughs> and, and then we went on like this uh, awesome trip to Mexico, Guatemala and whatever to get out of the country for a, a visa renewal. And then, I, I, you know, they needed the girls. They needed the girls to do it. And we got an email like, hey, if you want to just come on the bench, come do the, just come. 
And I thought about it. I was like, uh, yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's just do it. It's an awesome opportunity. And they're giving us the opportunity, even though I felt like I sucked. Right. And then we got there and first jump, I was super, super floater, which is for anyone who doesn't know much about records. I was the first person to leave the plane out of the four planes. Mm. If I didn't leave on time, no one else left on time. Right. And that was the, I thought I was going to be on the bench Blah, 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 blah. Suddenly I'm doing like a 75 way and I'm a super floater. Wow. So if I mess up, 75, <laughs> 75 people Get to point are at you. also messing up. Yep. So yeah, the pressure was real. It was super cold. It was stressful. And, and where I was, was it? You know, this was in uh, Arizona, Eloy. Okay. All right. And I, I was also feeling very lucky that I was still in this. Sure. Like there was an option for me. And there was a lot of girls that had never done records, never done big ways before. And I was here I was in this super floater like slot. Right. And I hadn't fucked up yet. <laughs> and each day that went past, I right. left at the correct time. Nice, nice. <laughs> so like I was honestly like holding on and all that time I got to practice and I'd, I'd done a bunch of tunnel and I wasn't unsafe and whatever, but I was hadn't taken a dock right. on this world record right. in 20 jumps. <laughs> I just exited the plane at the correct time. <laughs> right, which is saying something. You know, uh, and then at some point it was starting to work a bit better and, and everything. And then uh, we actually got the world record. Awesome. And I took a dock maybe three times and I was docking on a really good friend of mine now, Lisa Mazetta. And um, I remember the dock, like our hands were like uh, grabbing each other's wrists or... I was more like my hand was shaking and I right. was trying to take Lisa's dock and she was like, come here, come on, girl. And I get it. And nice. yeah, and it was super out of my comfort zone and super out of my league, but somehow I got a world record. Sure. Well, that's awesome though. Yeah. You are by far not the first person in skydiving ever to think, I haven't fucked this up yet. Exactly. And, yet. And, and, and honestly, if I hadn't had some of the, the best people's advice, at some point I think I crawled over to one of the organizers like, I don't think I should. And before I even finished my sentence, they're right. like, shut up, do your job, get on with it, you're so, fine. You know? it, like, isn't that the best fucking thing about the sport though? Amazing. I, mean, there, I can't think of very many instances in skydiving where even a direct competitor uh, is not willing to give that extra bit. There's very few instances that I can think of in skydiving where people are just like, fuck you, it's all about this. You know, mm. I mean, Maybe if you get into the four and eight way hardcore <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Those boys uh, get a, boys and girls get a little intense for me. Oh, uh, me too. <laughs> you know, that's kind of one of the things with the the um, the free fly community because that's the community I came up with, and, yeah. and uh, um, especially swoopers mm. is you see this amazing camaraderie and people that are fighting for you know titles back and forth and back and forth, mm -hmm. but they have nothing but respect for each other, and there's no shit talking and none of that stuff, and exactly. it's uh, which I've found very refreshing in this sport and very rare in sports in general. And it's a sport that evolves so quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. If, if I look at what was winning, like, I've only been in here for seven years, sure. right? But if I look at what was winning world champions seven years ago as to now. Oh, yeah. It's a different game. Oh, yeah. And if I look at what is progressive in the sport now and then, it's insane. I don't know I don't know any sport that really progresses quite that quickly. No, no, not at all. I mean, I had uh, Omar Al-Higalan sitting in here uh, for a great interview and we're talking about... The king some... of freestyle, no? Yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. And, and uh, 
a true hero to mm. a lot of people. Uh, he's only a couple years older than me, so it's a very strange thing to be sitting, A, in a toilet with your hero. <laughs> also, B, in a toilet with you, Dean, you're wearing very short shorts. I am, yes, I am. Well, like it's a bathroom, come up. on. Okay. Um, <laughs> in a toilet with Omar, and I mean, I've had a few rock stars in this toilet, um, talking about all the stuff that he and a very small crew were, you know, just bl- trailblazing mm. back in the day. And now to look back at what was the most mind-blowing stuff he was doing is now almost considered blasé. I mean, right. it's, it's very basic stuff, you know, and, and these guys were doing it, you know, 45 seconds at a time, yeah, well, wow. long before tunnels and all that. But it again progresses so much and one of the coolest things about the sport is to have somebody like omar sitting here going you're right how fucking cool is that right you know because in a lot of other sports as soon as someone becomes the og it's almost an insult Mm -hmm. oh yeah you were awesome back then but but that's not the case because it's it's, you were awesome back then and you're still learning how fucking cool that's the thing though we are all still learning i don't think there is any skydiver in existence that can say, oh, I know everything. No, God, no. Well, if they are, they're not going to be jumping. We don't like them. No, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no not at all. Yeah, but yeah. And, um, but anyway, going back to records. Yes, please. Project 19. Yes. I think we should talk about that. Girl power. Girl power. Girl power. But this is, this is insane. This is something that in all honesty, when it first came around, didn't even really think too much about it. And if those of you who don't know, it is a fully funded world record. Yes. When has that really ever happened? And we're talking a hundred way. Yeah. A hundred ways. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's uh, fully sponsored and it's been, it's got a lot of publicity, a lot of... Sure, of course. Chat. And there's that, there is that argument. I mean, I've just spent a time saying girls are the same as boys. So why do we still need female records? Well, yes and no. Okay, Uh, um, I agree with that statement and I disagree all at the same time. I don't think that there should be a distinction between the two because the skills of a woman and the skill of a man in skydiving is basically the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Either one has the ability to be world champion of whichever discipline they choose, male or female. The only reason I think that there does deserve to be female world records is because there was such a distinction for so long. Mm -hmm. So there's been such a separation for so long that I think it's it's kind of a a, a step up and a, a nice punch in the gut to everybody that ever was like, oh, you guys shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. I fully think it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, right? I really, really it's do. It's insane. It's and cool, I, man. And it really, at its core, does it matter that it's a bunch of women? No. It's a bunch of badasses. Doing a hundred way. Yes. Which is actually not something that happens every day anyway. No, it's fucking epic. It's yeah. absolutely epic. But I, I, I like the fact that it's separated it specifically for that because it is a big fuck you to all the people that were like, no, you need to separate the men and the women. For- no, because mm-hmm. they We shouldn't. actually don't because we are just as badass as the rest of you. Absolutely, yeah. because yeah. most male skydivers are not competent enough to be on a head down hundred way. Uh-huh. I'm sure as fuck not. I'm not competent <laughs> enough to be on a head down one way you most of train, the time. You can train, babe. We can train you. It's okay. In- <laughs> indeed. Anybody can learn, but but it's true. I mean- yeah. it, it's, No, it takes- Okay, so that's the one of the things. It takes a lot of commitment, a lot of training, Damn a right. lot of whatever. And there is been such a huge wave of people inspired by this yes. to do it. And the thing is, it's called Project 19 because it's celebrating the 19th Amendment, which is 100 years of the right for women to vote. Sure. And the thing is, is there is, there are still gender inequalities. Sure, right? absolutely there are. And, and skydiving, like I said, is epic because we are the same. Yes. When we want to 
compete and we want to be able to do our job, it's awesome that we are in a, a sport that's we're equal. Yes. However, there is still a huge disparity. Like I said, 4% of tandem instructors are women. Sure. I think it's something like 18% of USPA members. I think I've got that wrong, but say 20%. Sure. A female. So the problem is, is even though that's the case, there are still less women. Sure. Well, now let me ask you, though, um, do you think that that's because the sport discourages women from taking those positions in skydiving or that women are just like, no, I I don't want to do that? Or maybe there's a stigma behind being a woman that's a tandem instructor. I think you just nailed all three reasons, to be honest. So I think it's a bit of everything. Like there is a certain amount of um, I can't do that. Sure. But well, because you guys have been programmed to think exactly. That. Yeah. But the more and more people showing we can do that, that's not so much the case. Sure, there is definitely there is still a fight, the same as in any industry. So any industry with a male dominated area, mm. as soon as women try and get in there, you're going to receive some negativity or some fight to sure. to get your own place. Sure, but I think we're getting through that. I think you know think we're so. making some awesome progress there but it's still a fight it's still a slow claw and and at the end of the day maybe it's only ever going to be 30 70 or something sure you know because maybe just some like there's something programmed in girls they don't want to skydive sure but at the end of the day you don't the the points you were making about the people that might be put off by it sure no, we don't want that. We want to exactly. We want you to never be put off by it. Exactly. And know that whether you're male, female, whatever, you can come skydive and enjoy yourself the same as anyone. Sure. Well, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. So, you take uh, uh, swooping for instance. You've got Cornelia, who oh. is by and large <laughs> the baddest swooper on the planet today. Nah, um, she's sick. For someone that doesn't know skydiving, goes out to watch a swoop competition. I guarantee you, they have no idea. Whether the person under that wing is a man or a woman. Exactly. It's just badass. So why does it matter if it's a man or a woman once they're on the ground and the helmet's off? Exactly. It It doesn't. doesn't. It fucking doesn't. You know, the only time male and female matters is when y'all are getting ready to play around and get all busy and nasty and shit. That's really (laughs) the only time I think it matters. And also, does it really matter? No, no. Well, not even that. Well, Well, it does does for for me. For you? For me personally. But (laughs) that being said, guys, do whatever the fuck you want to do. We're all open here. Whatever, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever pronoun you use, I don't fucking care. Have at it. I don't, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the articles that I wrote, I said uh, it was something along the lines of joking around about um, uh, gay marriage. And I'm like, marry a fucking chaise lounge if you want. <laughs> chaise lounge. Yeah. Chaise lounge. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter, you know. So just marry yeah. it. Yeah, it's just whatever. <laughs> Do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's... Uh, obviously, we're taking huge steps in that direction and people like uh, Cornelia or Jeannie Anderson or, or o- Olga Nemova, yeah. all these people are definitely pushing the limits. And then Naomi uh, is going to be... She's actually in Project 19. Oh, yeah, yeah, come yeah. On, it's a bunch of badasses. Man, there's so many. And they are they're inspira- inspirations for me as well. Like, um, honestly, the time I think I decided, oh, sorry, PhD, you're done. Was I was in Algarve on my first ever boogie holiday. Right. And I was jumping with Domi Kiga. Hi, Domi, if you're listening to this. And uh, we just did my first ever boogie jumps, which was just, I'm going to go be organized by someone that knows what they're doing, do some cool free flying, and and just like enjoy skydiving. Sure. And at those points, like uh, in those jumps and those times, I was like, wow, this is, that job is what I want. Sure. And that is what you're doing right now. Like how awesome I feel sharing your knowledge with us and 
that is what I want everyone to feel. And if I can do that, that's what I want. And that is why I genuinely quit my job was because I thought, all right, what can I do to do that job instead? Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's it's to be able to uh, to realize at some point that you're sharing with someone else what someone gave to you is the coolest fucking thing uh-huh. ever. Absolutely the coolest thing ever. And not just the coolest job, but I mean, I look back at my first AFF instructors, my first tandem instructor. These guys were fucking, you know, superhuman. Right. Uh, and even after I became an AFF instructor and a tandem instructor, they never became less superhuman. No. They were still absolutely badass. I just got to be one of them. Uh-huh. I got to put on the cape and go out and, you know, be my own version of Superman or do whatever. And it's really cool because let's face it, the average guy and girl that don't, Scott, I've come out and think we're just next level well that's funny like we were talking about my history right so i was a geeky scientist musician and uh and i get people say to me you're so cool right, and right. i'm like i'm a massive geek like well, i'm now, a total loser so now like, when, you, <laughs> when you talk to people that you grew up with or you were doing your phd with and all this uh-huh. what do they think you know the other day so uh my friends uh, jenny and chantal they were two awesome friends of mine when i was doing my first degree in brighton and I posted a photo of me skydiving the other day, and she commented on it. Hey, Chantal, did you ever think Hannah would be the cool one? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, she's she's kind of right. I was the big dork, sure. the massive loser sure. that was doing science, you know? Well, and, and the funny thing is, though, a lot of people would take a statement like that, and uh, it would hurt their feelings or make it insulting. But it's so fun when you're the I'm, I'm the same thing. You know, mm. how many times do you hear from old people that are, uh, that old friends that you haven't seen in a while or that live the, the normal life, um, that say they're living vicariously through you and your antics? Uh, yeah, for sure. All I get the that. fucking time. Yeah, right? Like I love seeing your photos. I love seeing your videos. And Absolutely. Like that. And I'm like, you know, what? like, and, and obviously like I'm looking at all the people I grew up with and went to university with, and they're all doing their normal life things. And I'm like, Oh, here I am. Just, sure. Busting some free flying, and <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, and, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that normal life and doing that if that's what you love. For sure. I, and and again, I I I'd never put words in. Well, actually, I do it all the time, but I'm trying not to put words <laughs> in other people's mouths. But uh, I can't imagine that um, you know the nine to five accountant with the white picket fence and the dog mm-hmm. has nearly a completely rounded and fulfilled life as someone like you or me. I don't know, for it's, sure. Like, and, and I don't want to think that way because it's really insulting. I'm not trying to downplay <laughs> somebody that lives that life because yeah. maybe they do think it's just fun. Maybe, you know, crunching those numbers is amazing. That's you know? what does it. Well, the thing is, is that I always thought that, um, I mean, I met people when I started jumping that were like, oh, I really wish I didn't do this. Uh, I didn't like stick with my career and quit skydiving. I really, really wish I had just committed to skydiving when I was 20 and gone and done it. And I decided that I didn't want to be that person. Right. I didn't want to be that guy that right. regretted quitting their job. I was like, you know what? I can go back to this. I can go sure. do whatever career I want in my future. But right now, if this is what I'm passionate about and this sure. is what I love, I'm going to do it now. Well, and I think most skydivers fall into the same category as I think I do, which is I would much rather regret the shit that I did. Mm-hmm. Then regret the shit I didn't do. Yes, there we go. You got it. Hit yeah. the nail on the head. You That's know, it. Um, I would much rather go, oh, fuck, I wish I hadn't done that. Because mm. chances are when I'm in the old folks' home, that's going to be the first thing I'm going, that was cool. That was sick, man. 
I'm right? so glad I did that. And absolutely, you know, and, and made all the mistakes and did all the stupid shit that yeah. everyone else could see. You clearly shouldn't do this. Yeah. And you do it anyway, and it turns out to be absolutely epic. Exactly. And like, even like, it always turns out to be epic, though. That's yeah. what the thing I've learned is that those times that you've gone, this is dumb, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, three days later, you're like, that was the sickest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like, it, I'm it, never going to do it again. Yeah. But holy <laughs> but shit. But I'm really glad I did it then. Absolutely. No, and, and those are yeah. the things that I, I can't, I don't know what it would be like to regret things I didn't do. That would be such a huge unknown, just this exactly. little black hole that you'd never be able to get rid of. Whereas at least if you regret something you did, you know exactly why you regret that shit. Yeah, you, know ex- you chose it. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly what you shouldn't have done and how you shouldn't have done it. Oh, <laughs> yep. That's where I fucked uh, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just can't imagine, you know, passing up on all those things mm-hmm. that you wanted to do and wouldn't allow yourself to do because maybe. Oof. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, a huge thing. And it's like, a, it's a lot of people say to me, uh, oh, so when are you going to go back to your career? When right. are you going to go do your sure. real life? And I'm like, no, guys, this is it. Like, yeah. I, uh, you know, and I don't regret it at all. Like, no. it's crazy how much I don't regret it. But the, I think the cool thing, too, is, though, uh, for for skydivers, I mean, there's always a uh, kind of a what's next in the back of your mind, but necessarily could be 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road. What's next might be when I finally decided to wrap this shit up, you know, 40 fucking years from now. So, but this sport is endless. Like, I could spend is. 20 years trying to be a really good free flyer and then never done a wingsuit jump in yes. my life. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm shit. I've got just shy of twelve thousand jumps. I've never put on a wingsuit. Oh, really? So, but and one of somebody else was asking me about that, and I'm like, no, I absolutely will do it someday. But it's still something to look forward to. But that's the thing. This sport is endless. Absolutely. Like I said, it's, it's epic for absolutely. that reason. Well, like, and and now I'm sure you've seen the shit that uh, Jetman's been up to. Oh. Insane. Okay, he's fucking Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, like so, for real. <laughs> talk about life goals. That's it. You've got it right um, there. I want to be that guy. Absolutely. I want to yeah. walk out my front door and just put my jetpack on and just right. You know, so there's always something to look forward to in the sport. Or if you're like me, there's always things that if I uh, if I want, there's always room for improvement in every single aspect. Man, and I've just started trying to swoop. Right, I'm saying trying to because I just did a low turn. Oh. Not so long ago. Yeah. And I uh, I completely tore a ligament in my in my foot. Sure. And injuries are sadly part of this sport and I am not proud of any of mine. Because generally, even if there are, you know, mistakes or accidents, you don't want no one wants to be injured. Of course not. You know, it sucks. Of course. But that is kind of a, a lesson to be learned and I was very lucky with my actual scenario of doing a bit of a low turn. Sure. But that's one other thing is that like swooping is something that like honestly, even though I suck, I'm probably one of only 20 women sw- doing 270s on yeah. a on a two over two wing loading. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? absolutely. Which is amazing as long as you know, all right, I need to do this, this and this. Yeah, as long as I don't that. try and hook it in like I did you yeah, know, a month well, ago. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. Well, and I mean, fuck, when I had... Oh, shit, maybe 9,000, actually probably closer to 10,000 jumps. I hadn't been jumping in quite some time. Signed off a buddy of mine to fly the jump plane, and his sign-off was me jumping the fuck out, so you better figure out how to land the plane. <laughs> uh, and then I go and do a hook turn on my, at the time, I think it was a 96 Velo, mm. and I hooked it six months after my last jump, like yeah. I'd been on it the day before. Had completely lost the feel for it, stalled the thing out, and broke my tailbone. Yeah. 
That's yeah. there you go. Here's a bit of a reality check. Hey, guess what? Doesn't matter how many jumps you've got. There's always yeah. room for improvement. And I'm I'm pissed because I like one of the things I've always preached is so I have over five thousand jumps, but I my canopy progression was lame as hell. Mm. And I I seen friends get disabled, die, all of those things. Sure. From terrible canopy decisions. Sure. And I decided early on, I don't give a shit what you have to say. Mm. I'm gonna go slow. Sure. And I'm gonna. Uh, I I mean, I turned up here with uh, on a katana 107 with. 1300 jumps mm. and that for me was a, a terrible badass canopy sure. at the time <laughs> and oh, there yeah. are many guys that would be jumping velos oh, like yeah. trying to swoop them terribly but I always I always took my time and, and whatever and then I've had great uh, instruction like people sure. to learn from I've done a lot of coaching and everything but it was one of those like eye-opening things that it doesn't matter how much coaching you do you're gonna you're gonna fuck up at some of point course. you're of gonna course. make a mistake and the thing is is that the reason why it it sucks and it's scary and it's dangerous is because it is dangerous sure. yeah absolutely <laughs> you know you gotta well, get the right coaching and, well, and, and take as your time you, as soon as you start downsizing and getting on higher performance canopies it's uh, it's like riding motorcycles it's not if you get hurt it's when and how bad exactly you're gonna at the very least you're gonna twist an ankle because you hit a hole running it out yeah if you're lucky S- something's going to happen and, or right. you're just going to have an off day. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. Exactly. Uh, but taking that slow progression like you did uh, is a damn good idea. In fact, every competition swooper I've had on this podcast, when I ask them what's your advice for people coming up in the sport, it's always take your fucking time. Dude, like it's crazy. Like, And you realize every time you have an injury, um, this one was pretty shit. I'm not going to lie. Sure. But it wasn't disastrous. Right. So, okay, I had to take a few weeks off. Now I'm taking it slow. I've got a few steps back. But realistically, I can still jump. I can still do my shit. But like, okay, cool. I I just broke my back. Right. Because I landed like shit. And now I can't jump for a year. Oh, yeah. Like... And then what? I'm going to jump a fucking Spectre 150? Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's it's really just not even slightly worth it. No, no, I agree. That time you want to take that risk? No, just just don't. I was, <laughs> just, I was, just fucking don't. I was very lucky that I, and I say lucky because it's a bit weird, but I injured myself on a canopy extremely early in my sport. Mm. Um, I think it was jump number... 27 and i borrowed uh, a rig from a very experienced jumper that handed me this rig when i was about to go rent gear in paris valley uh handed me a rig and said uh, uh just jump this don't don't waste your money and i said well what's in it he's all don't worry it's really docile oh I've, god Long i have 27 it. jumps i was flying a pd 210 okay. he handed me what's called a turbo z 165 Oh, damn. So just the size alone is Turbo crazy. Z. Turbo Z. 165. <laughs> it was a hybrid, so it was half F-111 and half ZP. Okay. Uh, and flew with brakes in, st- brakes in faster than I had ever gone. Yeah, but bear in mind you had 20 how many jumps? 27 jumps. Ah. Yeah, but still. So, But what it instilled in me, I broke my leg. Uh, and then oh, got fuck. back on the plane for another load on the same canopy. With a broken leg? With a broken leg, because uh-huh. I'm a fucking idiot. Yep. Um, but <laughs> the lesson that I learned in that was, all right, don't be in a rush. So I had, fuck, before I, I got onto what was truly considered a high-performance canopy, I had close to 2,000 jumps before I jumped a stiletto for the first time. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's cool. But that's very rare. Super rare. Sure, sure. And, like, I don't, like, I really don't care. Like, even now... I'm, I've got 5,000 jumps and my loading, I'm jumping a Comp Velo 84 is two. Sure. I'm loading a 
badass too, guys. Yeah. And I've got five thousand jumps, and they're oh, not. Yeah. There's not that many tandems there. Well, you I know, mean, like, there was a time though, uh, and when I was coming up in the sport, if you were loading a canopy at a two you were fucking insane. Exactly, but this is the thing: people forget that. And 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 honestly, the thing is, there is just zero rush. Like, and and one of the thing I'm I am passionate about because at the times that I say I've been pressured into things mm. or felt pressured into things and resisted it is that you've got, you have got that pressure sure. in the sport. God, I need to not be jumping a saber two right now because that's lame. Sure. Get me on the katana. Sure. And it's just so fucking pointless. Yes. Like it, it, it's just not worth it. Right. Well, one of the, one of the, the biggest things for me and one of the biggest weights off my shoulders was that moment when I realized no one's ever going to come out and watch me swoop. Or am, give a shit. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I am never going to compete. I am never going to go fastest or furthest. I'm never going to be a freestyle badass in swooping. As soon as I realized that, then all that bullshit just kind of went away because mm. it just became for me. And I don't particularly enjoy scaring the shit out of myself. Does anyone? I like making myself a little nervous and I definitely like, you know, having that edge to it, but I don't want to be flat out scared. Yeah. And like the thing is like, uh, like discovering swooping, it was definitely not my thing for years. Sure. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, fuck, this yes. is fucking awesome. Then it becomes and fun. Starting to do 270s and stuff. And, and yeah, I, I messed it up recently, but honestly, I love it. Yeah. And it's it's cool as hell, but I am very okay with jumping my comp 84 with my two wing loading until sure. I nail it. Oh, yeah. I don't want a Valkyrie. I don't want it. Like, there's so, many, so much rushing going on to... I'm on a Valkyrie or sure. I'm jumping a layer and I, uh, like I really it's it's a the part of the sport of this like you know let's do it that I don't understand. No, well I have never I've never been in a particularly big rush to get my name on a list. Right, the the death list. Yeah, I don't right? I don't I don't want to do, you know to be a statistic. But no one does. Well, and I'm sure you're a lot like me that for a long time in skydiving the canopy was how I got to the ground so yes. I could go make another skydive. Yes. Because I didn't the the two weren't linked. Uh-huh. Uh, my skydive ended when the parachute opened, and then it became all about safety and survival. Yeah, absolutely. Get yourself to the ground. I don't enjoy this part. Just get me to the ground. I'm the same. Yeah. And when just well, like you, same. that light bulb came on, and I went, "Oh my god! I now have two sports, and I get to play both of them in a five minute period. This is ridiculous. This is insane." Because yeah. every time I would open up the canopy and didn't have a malfunction, then it was a all right, now here comes round two. I uh-huh. get to have fun doing this. I just got to do all that. And so the the canopy portion became a very intensely fun personal part of the sport, yeah. whereas the free fall was a group thing. Uh-huh. You know, and so I very much got to separate those two. And it, the, the That's canopy, a nice way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, you know, it was two sports wrapped up into one, and the canopy portion was all for me, and it was very zen. You know, it's just yours, mm. which is the only person you're trying to make happy and have fun is you, whereas one well, of those group jumps, you're trying not to fuck up the jump. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> fuck up for everyone else, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's so, or yeah. you're, you know, if you're doing tandems, of course, it's not your skydive at all. Not, you know, you're yeah, just yeah. the equipment making shit happen. Uh-huh. So, um, as soon as that light bulb came on for me, the sport just was opened up huge. That's a, I haven't actually thought of it like that. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. Yeah. Always very, opening my mind. You're very welcome. But for, for me, it was, uh, it was something I was always a bit terrified of. Mm. I was almost anti. So if I'm at the bar and a guy is trying to talk to me about swooping, I would, I'd zero fucks here. Sure. I would just shoot them down. Right. Like, cool. 
jumper 210 and I'll talk to you. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm genuinely not interested in your retarded downsizing. Oh, like, awesome. it, I, like I, I wasn't, like, I wasn't. Like, for me, there's, an, and it's a classic boys thing of let's talk about shit swoops. Like, sure. uh, oh, they love it. They sure. fucking love it. Oh, yeah. for, for years, I would just refuse to talk to people about it. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly I started doing it and I'm like, hey guys, did you see my mad 210? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, <laughs> not 210, well, sorry, 270. <laughs> well, the, the, the old joke about pilots works perfectly for skydivers, which is how do you know which one in the room is a skydiver? They tell you. They tell you. Yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's exactly the same. But you get a, a group of pilots together and all they'll do, no, we're not going to talk about work. Really? That's, that's all it. we fucking talk Man, about. I'm okay with it. Like, yes, no, I no, so only, am I. I'm one of the only skydivers that's okay with talking about work because uh, my work is still my love and my yes, life. So yes, <laughs> Well, and I mean, it. let's face it. If you're in the sport like you and I are in it, it's not just a job. It's a full-on lifestyle. Dude, if it wasn't, I wouldn't have chosen it. No. Right? You got to, like, the, the good days be- and the bad days even become okay because they're still a good day compared to a bad day in the rest of the world. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, and, and again, I don't know any, uh, again, I'm talking out of my ass because I've never worked as an accountant in an office, but uh-huh. I cannot imagine there's that kind of camaraderie between a bunch of accountants in an office as there is in skydiving. Nah, that, that's the beauty of it. Bro. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the people in the sport that I have disliked the most, I still have a ton of respect for. Because they're skydivers. Exactly. That's it. You know, I mean, wh- where else do you say that? I mean, mm. there's a lot of people, I fucking hate that guy, and that's it. There's no redeeming quality. But you can look at a skydiver and go, I really don't like this motherfucker at all. But. Mad, re- mad respect for him. It, mad respect. And you'll mm. still be the first one to help defend that guy when shit goes wrong. Exactly. That's that community. It's it's uh, something you'll, you, I don't think you could see anywhere outside of an extreme sport community. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that is a huge part of what sold me of this is how I want to spend my life. Sure. Like I want to hang out with these assholes because they're they're my assholes now. (laughs) Yeah. This is the one place that I can be this big an asshole and it's okay. I can embrace my own asshole. Absolutely. (laughs) So now you also started doing a bunch of tunnel flying as well. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, yeah. So I started doing a lot with uh, my very good friend, Adam Matacola, who was my big coach for a while. My best friend is Emma Matacola, who cool. is now his wife. And I am God's daughter to their, to their beautiful little daughter, Florence. There you go. And um, uh, yeah, and they, he actually, he taught me a bunch, like uh, awesome, like my, my foundations of it. And I've been doing VFS with, the, with some of the boys. And, um, nice. Yeah, and VFS was something like genuinely the tunnels are expensive here, so it's it was uh, it was a way of sharing time. Sure. So we we found four people were none of us good enough to do four way dynamic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> shall we do Shall we do some VFS and then uh, and genuinely as much as it pains me to admit it, I started really enjoying it. Yeah. And then uh, we did a competition recently in uh, Wing Games. We did pretty. Pretty fucking good, actually. Nice. Now, where and, was where uh, was the wind games? It that's in uh, in Puri Brava, uh, the uh, wind tunnel. In there. Spain, okay, cool. In Spain, yeah, exactly. And uh, so I I tore the ligament in my ankle. I spoke of recently, two weeks before the competition. Oh, your teammates must have been thrilled. <laughs> they were pissed, and like we never went to this competition expecting to win by any means because we were still amateurs. We were still you know competing, but. Sure. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And then, uh, <laughs> I was, I made the decision, like, fuck it. Let's strap it up. Right. 
all I needed was I could put pressure on it and stuff. I just needed to keep it in mobile. So I was like, cool, we strap it up, we go fly. My slot is primary head down anyway, so no one really touches my legs. Right. And then uh, we turn up to the airport and um, I was wearing this like a uh, support boot thing, mm. you know, like a plastic, like yeah. a cast, yeah. but in a boot. And I'm like, fuck guys, uh, I forgot my shoe. <laughs> so <laughs> I <laughs> I turned up at the airport wearing the boot and a shoe and trying to fly in the tunnel. Obviously, I needed the other shoe and yeah. a support, and I didn't. I didn't bring a fucking shoe. That's awesome. Yeah, messed that up. So I went on holiday with one shoe. If that's possible, <laughs> it is. I did it. <laughs> well played. Uh, but yeah, but the guys. Uh, yeah, we uh, we did really well actually. We came. There were six teams, and we came fourth. We beat a couple of the uh, Italian guys that were. Like sponsored professional teams, nice, and we were like a little bit of the underdog, so it was nice. Um, but yeah, I I love flying tunnel. I love flying with those guys. It's a uh, this Abu Dhabi one has opened up for everything as sure. well. Like, yeah, oh it's yeah, crazy. Oh yeah, man. absolutely. Well, so now you uh, you ended up becoming a full time working skydiver right out of the gate. Got your tandem rating relatively soon in the sport, just so you could maintain the sport. Exactly. But you keep finding all these different things in the sport that you love. Obviously, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. What from from, from skydiving? Oh hell no! Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, fantastic. No, my, what, uh, now, what aspirations do you have within the sport? Yeah, so I'm. I think I'm doing it now. I say I think. No, I am. I'm doing it. I'm uh, I'm going to leave tandems and okay. video doing it. I'm cutting away for the second time. Sorry, mum and dad. Because, uh, I mean, at, at some point, my mum and dad was super proud when I was in a restaurant. And a random dude, it was like I paid him, came up to me like, <laughs> hey, I jumped with your daughter today. I filmed the jump. It's so inspirational. You should be so proud of your daughter. And my mom and dad were like, you know what? Actually, yeah, we fucking are. We are. Finally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and sorry, mom and dad, but I'm doing it again. I'm leaving the real job. And yeah, I'm going to go. I want to go like, honestly, like I said to you before about doing those jumps with Domi and wanting her job. That's what I want to do. Nice. I want to feel that passion with the people that love to fly and everything. Sure. And cameras are massively rewarding. And I love doing video and everything. But I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go try, uh, really chase the dream. Nice. Do the free flying, do everything that I uh, that I dreamed of doing, I guess, and uh, see what happens. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that the the working skydive thing can be. I hate to use the word trap, uh, but it becomes very easy. It's a golden cage. Yeah, it really is. You mm. know, I mean, uh, um, I I like to say that I had uh, almost eleven thousand jumps before I became a fun jumper. Mm. Um, you know, because I worked so long in the sport. Um, so it, it can be a bit of a hook. So it's awesome that you're going to just, you know, try and give it a shot. It's not like you can't ever come back to check and drugs thing, and man. Video. And it's not that I don't want to either. It's uh, I'm seeing it as a gap here sure. For, for sure. But in, um, yeah, I just feel like I have what I, what I really want to give to this sport is more than just tandems and video. And sure. Like three years of working in that, I'm going to, I'm going to go just Try something else. And why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Again, it's uh, the one huge benefit to being a rated uh, skydiver, tandem instructor, AFF camera, and all that. You're never out of work. Yeah, and I always saw this side of working in the industry as as a path for me, sure. as a stepping stone, of, sure. and like of being able to get the experience I wanted to go further. Mm. And hell yeah, it's done that like a million times over. Oh yeah, actually, and 
and it has not like reduced my passion in any way. Sure. In in fact, if anything, it's like made me refocus and yeah. reignite like what I really want. But yeah, to get I it's very easy to get stuck in this very nice little sure comfort it is. zone, sure you know. It is. And so yeah, I'm gonna I'm uh, getting out of it. But That's fucking cool. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Now, as I wrap things up, I always ask uh, uh, my guests, or mostly I always ask, what advice you would give to people that are just getting into skydiving? Um, that, you know, not really sure if they want to get into it or what path they should take in skydiving. And what advice do you give to people that have been in it for a long time and are starting to get burned out and, and thinking of walking away? Mm. Oh, you didn't give me any like, pretense to this. So this is on the spot. Getting into skydiving. It's so easy. Just follow your gut. Right. Like it, that. That's the easiest side of it for sure. Like for me, I yeah, just follow what you're you're told. Like your heart is telling you to do. Mm. Like so many people would tell me, you should do this, you should do that, and I was thinking, oh no, but I really want to do this. Go with that. Right. So don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Don't like you can absolutely just just believe in it and follow it and it gets easier always and it's worth it. That's the one thing with skydiving; it's always worth it. Sure, like that little extra fight or training or anything it takes, you will reap the benefits for sure. Yeah, absolutely. How about for the old fuckers that are getting oh, burned out? The old fuckers, go try something new. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it sounds obvious, but like, cool, you've just done 20,000 belly jumps. Put on, take those booties off, rip them off, yeah. and go free flying. Yeah. Or, you know, this, this, what we were saying earlier, this sport is endless. It's yeah. got a thousand different opportunities for you. You can have all the experience in the world and still not know anything sure. about something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Go downsize. Awesome. Well, be smart about (laughs) downsizing. Go do a course. Go do a canopy course. Be smart. Go talk to Brian Germain or somebody and do a smart downsizing for sure. Find something else that ignites your passion for it, for sure. Well, and that seems to be the general advice that most people give. Oh, yeah. Try something different. Or if that's not working, take a step back, but don't. Go play golf. Yeah, yeah. For a little while. Take (laughs) your time off. You know, I I took almost four years off before I started jumping again. I, I said I'd jump again when the idea made me nervous. And then a good friend asked me to go jump and I got butterflies and I went oh fuck it's time oh shit here yeah, we go <laughs> it's time to go make a jump alright cool and then next yeah. thing you know I was a fun jumper again yeah so. awesome oh, good advice follow yeah follow your gut like nice. for sure well all the best in, in the next adventure for you thank you I really I'm... appreciate you taking the time to come sit down with me honestly it was it was a pleasure nice nice <laughs> thank you so much till next time till next time bye all right, that's another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the can. I am, as always, the fucking pilot. It is brought to you in association with Blue Skies Magazine. Blue Skies Magazine, of course, is the greatest magazine in the known universe. Head to blueskiesmag.com where you can get your swag. You can, uh, well, obviously, you can get the magazine. Also, photographers, get those pictures into Blue Skies. They're going to want to see the cool shit. And if you've got a story to tell, put pen to paper, send it in. They print my shit, so come on. Uh, for me, I am the fucking pilot. You can find me on the fuckingpilot.net where you've got both the books that I wrote for Blue Skies. One is the previously published articles called The Fucking Pilot Book, and the other one is The Accidental Stripper. Both of them available on Amazon in print and digital form. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you next time.